listening to the Play to Win podcast. Welcome to Play to Win. I'm Adam Epstein from Podcast Village in Washington, D.C. Guys, I grew up in a tennis household. Every Grand Slam, we're on the couch watching Agassi, Sampras, even Andy Roddick. And right now, we've got the Australian Open going on. So guys, amateurs out there, I'm going to give you a quick tennis lesson. Most people think you hold the racket like a hammer when you're about to serve and just pound, pound, pound. But no, you need to hold it like a knife. And then when you bring it back, it's a process called pronating. And when you go forward, you've rotated in your in your wrist and you get a nice natural spin. It'll improve your serve by 50%. I'm Adam Epstein, joined by Brian Lawrence and Joey DeRosa. Yeah, so I never knew about that holding it like a knife. Are we really talking tennis? I got to throw a plug out there to Scott from Bold Print Designs taking care of our website. What? <laughs> guys, it's time for dude food. What are the guys from Play to Win munching on a late night? Where are we taking our ladies? What are we eating at the vending machine? Yeah, dude food. This week's theme is slow cooker. Guys, in college, I had a meatball recipe. The meatballs were as wet as could be. They are dripping. Every girl's coming over to get my slow-cooked meatballs. It's the simplest recipe ever. Welch's grape jelly and barbecue sauce. Mix it into a slow cooker and fill that thing with meatballs. In five or six hours, it's liquid gold. You're gonna be licking your fingers. It's that good. So you just put like you just get a random jelly, grape jelly from the supermarket. Just dump it in with barbecue sauce. You don't taste the jelly because I'm not a big jelly guy. By the time it's cooked together with that heat, you do not taste the jelly. It just makes it like honey barbecue. I'm, I love honey barbecue. You're so all in. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm all in. I can see your taste buds jumping. Taste buds, I'm salivating. And let me tell you something that I was salivating about, boys. I, I made a little roast this week. It's been chilly. The weather's gotten cold. And I made a roast this week. Got a chuck roast from Costco. Got some carrots. Got some potatoes. Chopped those up. Threw it in there with some chicken broth, not beef broth. I'm not a big beef broth guy. So I let it slow cook for eight hours and I let it, I, I took it out. The meat was falling apart. I had some carrots, had some potatoes, had a little bit of that chicken broth in there. And mm, after a good chest day, fellas, let me tell you what, that protein went right to the chest. It was delicious. I did kind of judge the meat though. It didn't look like it was falling apart. I want my pot roast to be mushy. You can't even tell what the food is inside of it. I could see the potatoes, the carrots, the meat. What was going on? I wanted to make it look gram friendly. So everybody's like, oh, look, look at that. It looks so colorful. It looks delicious. Let's just have it. But when I ate it, it's not. I devoured it all together and it was very good. Thank you. I'm Brian. just not that big fan of, of pot roast in, in general. That's crazy because pot roast is the perfect winter meal when it's 30 or less outside, which is currently very chilly. What did you cook this week? I'm looking out for my people hosting Super Bowl parties. I'm taking kielbasa. I'm chopping it up into really thin slices. I'm throwing it in the crock pot with brown sugar and about three natty bows, and I'm letting it cook for two hours. It's delicious. Drain it a little bit so you don't have that excess beer, but serve it with some toothpicks, and I guarantee it'll be gone before kickoff. Guys, if you're just too lazy to cook a meal, well, we've got you covered. Come out to the best Spanish tapas restaurant in the heart of Clarendon, Virginia. It's called Pamplona, and I'm there pretty much every weekend. Uh, you got rice croquetas, you got chicken croquetas, you got grilled cheese that's to die for. And we're throwing a Super Bowl party there, so you gotta come out. Uh, Adam's handing out gift cards, so follow him. I'm going to be throwing them out. <laughs> so if you're there, maybe you'll have a free tab. Join us for some Super Bowl fun. Very excited to come to Pamplona for the first time. Thanks, guys, for the invite. All right, now it's time for the play-to-win starting offense. Screw the Pro Bowl. No, this is a winners-only play-to-win squad, a starting lineup right here. we got to start with quarterback, and I'm going with my Super Bowl favorite, Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm, I'm personally going Lamar Jackson. He had the six most rushing yards in the league. Not out of quarterbacks, out of every single player. He, was, he had 40-plus touchdowns combined from passing and rushing, and he led his team to the number one AFC seed. You're, if you're picking Mahomes, you're living in 2018-2019. This is 2019-2020. I think you're wrong there because Mahomes started the season hot and ended it even hotter, whereas uh, your Baltimore Ravens fan is on the couch in Baltimore, not in Miami with Rob Gronkowski. You look at guys like Winston and Dak, both put up crazy numbers, but I think Russell Wilson has to be in the conversation. I think what all three of them do really well is they throw the ball within the windows provided. You know, a guy like Kirk Cousins is going to constantly throw into the defender's hands, but, but you know, those three, they can get the job done. I think if we're picking the best for the players, the, the players only club that we're doing right now, it's gotta be Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you're gonna agree with me here, but I think Zeke is your running back. You have to take, why? Because the guy is a bull. Yes, we saw you know Henry do something different, but Zeke is the original Henry. You put him in the right situ situation with the right offensive coordinator, and the guy would lead you to victory. I mean, but that didn't happen this year. No. He got paid, and he didn't do anything, and Dak Prescott actually had better stats. I'm not a Zeke fan. I've never been a Zeke fan, obviously, because he plays in Dallas, but the obvious choice is Derrick Henry. It was like nine games in a row now with 100 yards. Yeah, and he... he he led the league in rushing. He was the focal point of the Tennessee offense, and other teams still couldn't stop him. He was five of six of 100-yard games to end the season, and then uh, three more in the playoffs. So it was, it's Derrick Henry. It's not even close. We're going to start with three wide receivers. That's going to be our take. I'm starting off with Michael Thomas, the most receptions out of anybody ever throughout a season in NFL history. He beat Marvin Harrison. He had 149 receptions on a team that had Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball. Michael Thomas is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I have to agree because he broke the record. Another guy I want to put in there is DeAndre Hopkins because I loved watching Houston play this year, and Will Fuller was nowhere to be found. He was always injured, and he Hopkins, because of that, was their only option. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's able to scramble, but Hopkins was making impressive catches all year long. I completely agree. With DeAndre Hopkins, his catch radius is insane. He catches literally any single ball that's near him. He doesn't drop stuff. And like you said, they have, what, Kenny Stills? Cool. Like, DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson led that team to the playoffs this year. So we got Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. We need a third. Okay. Are we picking a slot guy, or is it just our uh, is it just I'm picking third a speedster best? because uh, Tyree Kill, I think that if you're playing a game that you need to win, you need a guy that can break past the defense at a, you know, a split second. He's the quickest guy in the league. I'm going Tyreek Hill. I'm a Julio Jones guy through and through. He had the second most receiving yards. He was on a bad Atlanta team, so that can kind of come back to me here because they were usually down. They'd be throwing the ball more, but Julio continues to be the biggest mismatch in the league. He's a monster. Matt Ryan, not the best quarterback, not the best deep ball, but Julio Jones just every single year hurt not hurt shows up dominates puts up big numbers that's julio for me so we picked two you guys are wavering on the difference of hill and julio but none of us have talked about the touchdown leader of the season kenny galladay from the lions had 11 touchdowns and we're not even discussing him and then cooper cup also 10 touchdowns not in the discussion because we they shouldn't be in the discussion because Accurate. they were uh getting good yards and good touchdowns because it was garbage time. If we're talking about the slot, Cooper Cup has to be in the consideration. 100%, 100%. And so that's what we're doing right now. Um, we got to pick a third, guys. So how are we? We all have different answers. How are we settling on the third wide receiver? I'll go with Julio Jones. I agree. It's a it's an incredible mismatch every time. And that Atlanta Falcons team 
had a bad record but had some impressive wins this season. And they, sh they beat San Francisco in San Francisco, unlike Green Bay. That's why I have a mustache. If Green Bay loses, I will shave my beard into a mustache and appear next Thursday on this show with that. <laughs> Moving on to tight end, Adam, who do you have? I like your guy crush from last week. I like Travis Kelsey. I think you got to have a guy who's strong like him, who can run like a bull, and we've seen what he's done in the playoffs so far. It, it, he hasn't stopped. He hasn't slowed down. Nothing has slowed him down over the last few seasons. Uh, and he's also kind of sexy. That's weird. And our running back, too, is our flex position. I think it's got to go to a guy who can catch out of the backfield. That's why, no question, Christian McCaffrey for me. Yeah, um, Christian McCaffrey was one of the best, if not the best, running backs this year. I, I put him right beneath Derrick Henry. He was the third running back ever to have 1,000 receiving yards, 1,000 rushing yards, and he's what David Johnson should be. Screw the Pro Bowl. This is the play to win starting offense. At quarterback, we have Patrick Mahomes. At lead running back, we have Derrick Henry. In the three receiver positions, we have Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. At the tight end position, we have Travis Kelsey. And the running back flex, we have Christian McCaffrey. That's our starting offense. Next week, we'll give you our starting defense as we anticipate the Super Bowl in Miami. Yeah, it's going to be a party. But now it's time for Guy Crush, Girl Crush. To be a celebrity, a public figure, maybe a guest we've had on the show that you want to hang out with. Go to Pamplona. Enjoy a nice movie at AMC Courthouse Plaza 8 in Boston. Guys, best seats in the house. Don't tell me. They got the time. recliners. Uh, but this week's theme is local reporter, and I got to go with Dave Johnson. I've been a huge fan of his. Uh, he's the Wizards radio broadcaster, and when I was in college, I actually got to shadow him for a few games and got the whole behind-the-scenes of the radio broadcast, and it's what made me fall in love with radio. That's awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to one-up you here on the guy crush. I'm going to go with the legend himself, uh, SVP Scott Van Pelt from the DMV. Local reporter in August when him and Stanford Steve come to uh, do the ESPN Sports Center. Uh, at midnight uh, in D.C. Scott Van Pelt, um, his, his radio show with Ryan Rosillo, I listened to that when I was in Charleston, South Carolina. I listened to it until it ended. He, he now has a new pod, SV Pod. And my biggest thing with SVP, he reps Dewey Beach. He reps the starboard. I love Dewey. And Brian, we've been to Dewey together. Yeah, uh, we, we actually stayed there. It was almost 10 years ago yeah. now that we partied up in Dewey Beach. I'm going to tell you, Joey was a DJ on the dance floor. Just killed it. Uh, everyone wanted to dance with him. So my girl crush has to be Erin Hawksworth. She gave me my TV debut about a year and a half ago. And uh, guys, I feel like I haven't looked back. I'm, you know, I'm big guy now. Looking fresh. <laughs> and she's come on play to win before. She was yeah. actually with us at Juice, a shoe store in Arlington. Uh, and she joined us for our first ever show at P2WRadio.com. It's a goal of mine to host a radio show with her on 106.7 one day. And I'm not just doing this for Adam. My girl crush is none other than Angie Goff. Why? Because she is a patriot. Back when I started by George GMU five years ago, she was retweeting us, liking our stuff, really helping us get started. And for that, I'm forever grateful. But now she's killing it. Her Oh My Goff blog that back in like 2010 got listed as like a top five blog in the D.C. area. She's now turned into a podcast here at Podcast Village, and it's hilarious. She has her daughter on sometimes. I'm a father, and that stuff kind of cracks me up. Now it's time for What's Hot in the NBA. Guys, this week, it's got to be about Zion Williamson. Yeah, and it started off 
off kind of slow. People on Twitter, people on social media, they were just kind of like, oh, this is kind of a lame debut. And then it took him three quarters to figure out the NBA. This man went on fire NBA jam style. Four for four from three, eight for 11 from the game. They didn't win, but there's such promise for Zion. I'm excited to watch him in his career. Probably the most anticipated debut since LeBron James. Yeah, and that's the story of the season, is LeBron James, at like 65 years old, is leading the league in assists. He's just diming to everyone on his team. Yeah, he's got Anthony Davis, so it's easier this year, but he's been incredible at the point guard position. It's hard to name the rest of their team. Like, it's it's really LeBron and Anthony Davis. And a blonde-haired Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> and, and, God. They're, and they're getting it done because LeBron James is running the point. People doubted it preseason. They were like, don't you have Rondo? You know, didn't you just trade away ball? What are you doing at Isn't the point? Isn't Lance Stephenson in China? What are you doing <laughs> with the point guard position? And LeBron James is delivering. Um, but the Wizards played last night. We're a DC show. I gotta talk about them. I watched the game. Uh, you know, can't say it was any different than most Wizards games I watch. We gave a good team in the Miami Heat, second in the East, a run. Uh, it took them to overtime. But what the, the biggest issue is going to overtime off of Brad Beal not getting a shot off at regulation tied at 118. That's an issue. And I, it's something I can't get over. He's not clutch. Yeah, he had 38 points. He can fill up the stat sheet. But when we needed him most, he crumbled. Yeah, I've always said it. In the fourth quarter, I'd rather him be covered in shooting it than be wide open because yeah. he's not clutch. Yeah, and he had a, he had a step back three also to tie the game in overtime. Didn't hit it. It was just tough. You know, you have, again, a Wizards team that's just kind of riddled by injuries, so it's hard to really judge who we are. But you just got to expect that at this point in the season, Bradley Beal will will us to more than 14 victories, and he just hasn't, and it's tough. If you're tired of watching the local teams, you can always check out Netflix. What is Netflix? It's all the things the guys from Play to Win are watching on streaming services. HBO Go, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, a Apple Plus, and Disney Plus. And guys, this week, I finally finished Watchmen. Brian, it's incredible. It's better than the movie. It takes me back to the comic book. And the thing is, is that the plot lines and the story development is so good. I thought it started a little slow, but when, when Dr. Manhattan gets more involved, the show really takes takes off. Uh, so probably from like episode 6 to 12 is just some of the best TV I've ever seen. Uh, it's interesting though, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, which I which I frequent pretty often, audience gave it 54%, but then you look over at the critics and they're giving it a 96%. Why the difference? I, I don't know if people loved having race shoved in their face. Yeah, but the character development was so good and the plot twist, I'm telling you, Brian, they, they it's right in your face and you don't see it and it feels like a slap in the face when they reveal it. I don't know if people gave it, like, I don't know if they got to episode six. You know, I think there's a lot of quitters there in those first couple episodes. And if you got to episode seven, you're watching seven, eight, and nine in one day. Joey, did you watch it? I did not watch The Watchmen. I had no idea what the hell you guys were talking about. I was watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix, and if we're being honest, fellas, I was, I kind of basically knew 90% of what I saw in those three hours of, sh of, of shows. Um, the one thing I did, know, did not know, um, for our Harry Potter fans out there, might be a little blip on our radar, but... He was a big Harry Potter fan, so that was that was tough for me because he loved it and I love it. So, but no, but so no, from a serious perspective, he had CTE. He was not a good person. I don't understand why people are so sympathetic. I don't like these documentaries that make the. Well, make here's the thing. I was sympathetic him. though because of the fact that he even said I was the happiest kid at 16, and then his dad died, and his mom slept with his aunt's husband. Yeah, that that was not a good look, and that like that's not cool whatsoever. But like, I'm not gonna feel sympathetic for a person who murders multiple people. And he was a dumb criminal. The police laughed at his crime scene. Like they're like this. The sign. There's this still blood in the SUV. There's still bullet casings. It's like what. 
are you doing? Like, wow. They but hide a car. He didn't even uh, clean off the footage from his house. I know. You can <laughs> see his wife taking a, like, the a gun, gun case the out. The gun case. And she, I mean, real talk, ride or die girl right there. Right. Like, shout that's... out to Lil Bow Wow for playing her in the remake. So <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for the winner of the week. And this week's winner of the week is Adam's dad, Mike. Wait, what? The reason why I'm the winner of the week is I'm his dad. And I'm the one that took him to basketball games when he was one year old. At three, he was telling me all the different scores. At four, he was playing soccer. At six, he was traveling around in basketball. And let me tell you, it was a lot of money. It was sometimes a waste of money to go three or four hours and then stay at a, a, a rundown motel and then play sports against other teams that also came from Northern Virginia. Tell me this. Is he really as good at tennis as he says? He he walks around here telling everyone they can beat him in racquetball and tennis. Doesn't matter. Put a racket in his hand. He gave a little pro tip as we started this show. Is he really that good? I'll tell you this. He made fun of tennis. I was a tennis coach at three high schools in Fairfax County. And he just said, this is a sport for All of a sudden, at 15, he said, you know what? Maybe I could make the tennis team. And he was okay. Sadly, I used to kill him, and now I have to work my backside off and uh, get even a tie. Uh, what we really like, though, is ping pong. And unfortunately, again, I was a high school champion, and I... Killed him all the time, <laughs> yes. and now I, I can't beat him. What so this high, is, dude. What, what high school yeah. do you have a ping pong team? I am at? loving this. Please continue. No, this is very important. Uh, I was in seventh grade, and it was a summer recreation. Two hundred kids, and I played in the tournament and won it against high school kids because my brother was a great player. He was four years older. And I got this little 50 cent trophy, but I kept that and I cherished it for many, many years. You were number one out of 200 kids. Absolutely. Oh my and, God. And uh, you know, I, I peaked at 13. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm still decent. What other sports? So, what other sports uh, did Adam excel at? He started basketball, double dribbling, but he ended up uh, making the freshman team. So, when we're talking about Adam, there are some great, great qualities. But as far as growing up and being a slob, he was number one. Uh, but Adam Epstein has done a lot for me. Uh, but one thing he does is he constantly yells at me. He's like quick tempered. He's always just kind of like quickly like telling me I'm stupid. Oh, you don't know the business. Do you get that attitude from him as well? Well, that's very interesting. He's always <laughs> very, very exactly the same. <laughs> Drives me crazy half the day. So for Joey DeRosa and Brian Lawrence, this is Mike Epstein on Play to Win.